Welcome. Uh, again, my name is Richard Spangler. I'm uh, teaching this week on um, Moses and the burning bush. Uh, we've already talked about how Abraham had his experience with God and how God transformed in the process of that covenant with of Abraham. It came from Abram to Abraham, from Sarah to Sarah, from being called a servant by God to becoming a friend of God. It, it led him on great adventures. He was also told in the in the covenant that there would be 400 years where his children, his descendants, were in slavery in Egypt. And this is where we pick up the story of Moses. 400 years um, after Joseph, after the time of the king, you know, change in leadership in Egypt. And they... they they knew they knew Joseph, but they didn't know much of anything else. They just, you know, they 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 forgot most everything about what had happened. And they, the Pharaoh of the time, looked at the way the Hebrews were being blessed, and decided he couldn't have that anymore. And he began to impress them and put them into slavery. Um, so we pick this up in the second and with the covenant of Moses. And uh, Moses is found, uh, remember, he became a prince of Egypt, became a very powerful man uh, as he was raised by in Pharaoh's house. Um, he was a great leader in Egypt. It, he was also probably a little bit arrogant. And he found out his true beginnings and he tried to, he got angry at the way one of the slaves was being, and he murdered a man and buried, tried to cover it up. But it was uncovered and he was exiled to the backside of the desert and this is where God begins to work in his life. Forty years on the backside of the desert. Forty years from being a prince of Egypt to being a shepherd. A, a Probably a very successful shepherd. Um, he goes into the house of Midian. He begins to learn about this, this God who he's never seen or heard. Remember, Moses was raised in Egypt in the house of the pharaohs. He was raised with the religions of Egypt, with the with the lifeless gods made of stone. He was in those temples, um, making as a as a leader, making sacrifices to the gods of Egypt, and he and nothing ever happened. So here was Moses in a place where. He had been stripped of all that. He had been stripped of everything. And he was hearing from, 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 the, from his family that there was God who, was, who was spoke and who was great and who was powerful and who, who was the God, of the, uh, the God of the Hebrews. And Moses looks, as we know, in verse, uh, chapter 3, beginning at verses 4 through 12 of Exodus, Moses has a, a powerful encounter with God. He sees this bush on the mountain that is not burning. It's burning, but it's not being consumed. And in, in the desert, you see, you know, the wind starts fires. The wind will burn a bush, but a bush is not consumed, got its attention. And he goes up the mountain, and he first thing he sees is this bush that is burning, and then he hears the voice of God. Two things are happening here, the burning bush and the voice of God. And remember, Moses had only experienced the religions of Egypt with the lifeless gods made of stone. Here, Moses is actually having an encounter with God, hearing his voice and seeing a manifestation of God's power, the fire of God, the life of God, the love of God, all at the same time. And 
This man had to have a paradigm shift. He had to shift his thinking from, from what he knew to what he didn't know, to what he knew to what he's experiencing. And, and this would cause any of us to be afraid. Here's an all-powerful God, and he's got, you know, he's told to take off his shoes, and he puts it on the ground. And here's God giving him instructions, commanding him to do something. And, uh, and God looks past the fear and continues to speak to Moses and tells Moses that he's been, he's to go and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses, by this time, has lost all, you know, all his, uh, you know, his vibrato, what do you want to call it? And uh, his response is, who am I to go? I, I, I can't do this. Uh, remember, Moses, you see, the manifest presence of God is still dealing with the thinking. He's having the change of thought. He's having to think, do his thinking, re revamp his thinking here. Well, the first thing, the first, the, another manifestation of God is that God tells him to throw the rod down. And it becomes a snake. Then he tells him to pick it up by the tail. And the snake turns back into a rod. Another thing he has Moses do is stick his hand in his cloak and pull it out. And the hand becomes leopardous. Then he says, put it back in and take it back out, Moses, and it turns back to normal. All this are manifestations of God's power to get Moses to a place to understand that God is all-powerful and that God will move with him. As he hears the covenant, Moses says, the covenant God spoke to Moses was, I will be with you. And he says, I will also teach you everything you need to know, what to do and what to say, when to do it and how to say it. Basically, he's going to take Moses to school, but at the same time, he's going to be in Mo. He's going to be moving through Moses, giving him directions on exactly what to do. Even with all of this, in Exodus four verses ten through sixteen, Moses is looking at himself and his ability, and tells God, "I'm not good enough. I can't go. I, I, I can't speak well." Whatever the reason was, he was he was trying to find a way out. And, and God says to him, I created you, and I will help you speak. And again, Moses says, please, send somebody else. I don't want to do this. He's in the presence of God. And here he is saying, please, send somebody else. I don't want to do with this. And God uh, got you know, mildly upset with, with Moses and says, your brother Aaron will speak for you and you both will go. So here we have it. <laughs> Moses is being told, you're not getting out of this. You're, you're the one that's chosen. You're the one that's been spoken of for 400 years. You're going. And if, if you don't want to go, I'm going to take your brother Aaron. He's going to become your mouthpiece. He's going to speak for you before the Pharaoh, before the kings. And so Moses still had to go. But the covenant was not complete until Moses agreed with God. Isn't that amazing? The covenant was not complete until Moses agreed with God. And God's love, God's passion, was so gold towards Moses and towards the people of Abraham that he was willing to work with this. 
he was willing to work with this. He was willing to work with Moses where he was at and bring him to a place where he could be what God called him to be. There are times in our lives when God calls us like Moses. And how often do we say, oh, Lord, I'm not good enough. Please, 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 please send somebody else. And God says, you're going. And then he waits for us to say, yes. The amazing thing is in our personal lives, we do this. I've done it in my own life. When I started moving in the prophetic uh, many years ago, people started calling me a prophet. And because of some of the things that had done by religious people in, in, in the name of prophecy, I did not want the title of prophet. Uh, I did not want all that uh, whatever it was going on at the time. I did not want that. I did not want that title. I also didn't. I also knew the scriptures. I didn't want the responsibility. And finally, I kept saying, no, I'm not a prophet. I just give what God gives me. I'm moving the prophetic, but I'm not a prophet. Well, one night, early in the morning, I was woke up, and I felt the presence of God. And this is one of the few times I heard a verbal voice saying, stop saying you're not what I say you are. And I knew exactly what that meant. And I said, okay, God, you say I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet. Uh, but I also said, I'm not going to promote myself that way. I'm not going to, if people call me a prophet or promote me as a prophet, that's fine. But for me, I am not going to uh, actually do that. For a long time, I didn't. But the, the necessities of people calling me a prophet uh, it was determined. And I have been ordained as a prophet, set in the office of the prophet. And so the title is mine. It goes back to a. Uh, what God gave me. God called me to be a prophet. God calls you to do something. And when you, when you, you, God will just wait for you until you say yes. Might be 10 years, might be 20 years, might be 30 years, but eventually you're going to say yes. Not that he won't bless you in the interim and protect you and keep you. He will continue to work on you to get you to the place, just like Moses, that he went and did what God told him to do. He moved forward into what God called him to do. He, he went to Egypt. He spoke. He, his, Aaron at first started speaking, but then Moses began to speak with his full authority. He finally got it. He finally got it that he was called to be a, nation, a leader to the nations. He was called to bring the people out of Egypt. And he fulfilled his commission to the fullest. That's like us. We have an opportunity to fulfill our commission to the fullest. Whatever God has called you to be. If you're called to the fivefold ministry, accept that calling. Move into it. Move into being a prophet, an apostle, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist. And train up others to do that. Well, some people say, I'm not called to be a prophet. Well, then fine. You're called to go and do the work of the ministry. Do the work of the ministry. Let God lead you in that. Let God's love, his passion, his fire fill you. Moses had the relationship. He built a relationship with God that went far beyond the burning bush. He built a relationship, which is what God wanted to do. He wanted to build a relationship with Moses and with the people of Israel. We will see that later as we move into Mount Sinai, that God wants to build a relationship. God made a covenant with Moses and like Abraham before him, it took him a while to get there.
but God is faithful to fulfill his covenants, covenants, and the same is true today. Everything God promised to Moses, he did and more. The plagues that came upon Egypt, the release of the people, and then when the, the Egypt was hardened, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and went after them, <clears throat> God provided an escape route. When they were up against the Red Sea, and Moses knew that God showed up as a pillar of fire and blocked the enemies of Egypt from going in and destroying them and opened the way for them to escape across the, across the Red Sea by, by opening it up. And, so, and then he destroys their enemies. The pillar of the pillar of fire that appeared at that time was in response to the covenant between God and Moses. Amazingly enough, God says he in Psalm 91, he covers us in the wings and he keeps evil far from us. This is an example of it. In Egypt was coming to destroy the entire people. All of them would have been destroyed by the armies of, of Egypt. But God blocked them. God kept them from coming through. And then when they were safely on the other side, he, he released them to be destroyed in the Red Sea. They brought judgment on themselves in a horrible, horrible way by trying to do something that they knew they should have done, by trying to go back on their word. They broke their word. They broke covenant. Their word was that you can go free. It was declared by Pharaoh for the, the Israel, but they broke covenant. They broke the promise, and they were out to destroy them. They were going to do more than break the, 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 the covenant. They were going to destroy the people. And God intervened because of Moses. Remember, he, when Moses bowed down and started praying, Moses said, get up, stretch forth your hand, and see my deliverance. And Moses did exactly what he said. It wasn't a, a debate between the two of them. There were other debates that came up. Moses argued at one time, God was ready to wipe out Israel itself and start fresh. And Moses stood in the gap. We say that's intercession. But he had a relationship with God that went far beyond what anyone else had. He was in the presence of God daily. And he spent time there. He spent hours there in God's presence, getting to know God, hearing his voice, being transformed by his power. God's love flowed into Moses. God's passion flowed into motion. That so much so that his life was so full in Moses that he would actually come out of the tent glowing with the presence of God. And people would be afraid of him. And they would, they would, they would, they would, he had to put a veil over his face. Not so much to keep people from not knowing that it was gone at times, but to let them, that they were so afraid of him, he couldn't even meet with them. He got, and then when he went, and when the final days came of Moses, and he climbed up to see the land of Israel laid out before him, it was said of him that his eyes were not dim. His mind was strong and his strength was unabated, which in the Hebrew means he had the strength of about a 30-year-old at 120. And he had the strength to climb that mountain and look at the land and meet with God one more time. And God said, Moses, it's time. Time for you to come over and see me in my fullness. And Moses died. What a testimony of a life 
of God's love for Moses, God's love for Israel, God's love and passion for his people, and the God that he was willing <coughs> excuse me, that he was willing to wait for them to get right. He was willing to wait for them forty years. It took forty years. We're going to be talking about the covenant with Israel in the next in the next session. But I wanted to talk to you about these personal covenants first. These personal relationships with Abraham and Moses. Understand, these were not only for the not only for them, but for their generations. But for them, they were the leaders. They were the forerunners. And God met them where they were at. He met Abraham where he was at. He met Moses where he was at. He transformed both of them to where we call Abraham the father of faith. Not that he didn't make some mistakes along the way. He did. And Moses, likewise, became a great leader, a prophet of the nation. He became a, a leader of, at the end, three million people. But he had a personal relationship with God. There was a love relationship between Moses and God. Between God and Moses, there was a passion there that we that we have to understand, and we have to let that passion. We had to let we have to let we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have to allow that to flow through us, out to the world in a way of power. Understanding that we have a better covenant than Moses, we have a better covenant than than Abraham. We have the covenant of Jesus Christ. And we will talk about that as we move through these covenants and talk about the fire and the passion of God as we move further into this. Again, thank you for listening. If you'd like to order my book from which this comes from, it's called Covenants and the Fire. It's available on Amazon.com. It's a way to support this ministry. And again, uh, please like it, share it, and we appreciate you so much. Let me pray for you. Father, we ask right now that you bless each one, God. Help them, each one listening, to understand that God loves them, that he's made a personal covenant with each one of them, a personal invitation, a personal relationship, personal promises to them that he will fulfill. He will fulfill. And all we have to do is say, yes, Lord, and have to say, God, I want to be with you. Come and be with me. Be, that, be in that relationship with me that I want. I want to be with you. Come and be with me. And Lord, we know that when we say that, you fulfill the covenant. You do far greater than what we've ever asked or dream of, God. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, God bless you. Amen.